SCP-2852, Cousin Johnny, and SCP-3089, That Old Time Religion. In SCP-3004, Imago, we looked at the emergence and propagation of a new deity and religion, one heavily focused around the imagery and life of the cicada family of insects. In that video I mentioned that there were a couple other SCPs connected to 3004, and those are the ones we'll be looking at today. These two SCPs are weird and disturbing on their own, but things get especially strange when looking at the whole picture, a new religion that can rival fifthism for its level of disturbing. To start, let me give a quick recap of SCP-3004, for those that might not remember or might not be familiar. Basically, centuries ago in Ireland, there was a druidic cult known as the Ketlaji, or the Singers, whose worship revolved around the life cycle of a now extinct species of cicada. Their various rituals led to the entrance of an entity into our reality, who began feeding off of the Singers' beliefs. This entity doesn't really understand our world or human thoughts and beliefs, but it feeds off of them nonetheless, taking parts of various beliefs and reshaping itself based on its limited understanding. This led to it taking on the appearance of a massive cicada, and enacting brutal effects as part of the singer's rituals. In time, some early groups devoted to containing anomalies ended up completely eradicating every piece of evidence they could of the singer's existence, hoping to wipe out this entity in the process. Unfortunately, the singers had been widespread, and had intermingled with Christian communities across Ireland, leading the 3004 entity to latch onto Christianity afterwards. It then combined aspects of both the Cicada religion as well as Christianity, spreading to various places of worship and instigating more brutal rituals to corrupted Christian communities. These rituals would always be accompanied by small entities resembling the extinct Cicadas made of wood and glass, which the deity was using to collect faith from the worshippers. In the end, the Foundation hoped to use a protocol to completely wipe out Christianity from existence, with the idea that it would be devastating to the Cicada God. We won't be looking at the aftermath of that decision today, but instead looking at some more examples of the spread of the Cicada God's influence. Let's start with SCP-3089, a phenomenon that emerges in communities focused on developing methods to acquire physical, financial, and social prosperity. More specifically, of course, it spreads in communities that fixate on using rituals associated with the singers to achieve material success. Although religion is involved in some cases, the idea of personal success is more prevalent here, and the concept of believing that one can achieve this success through these rituals. There seems to be two separate effects happening here, the first of which is the strange beliefs in the weird rituals associated with SCP-3004, and their often violent effects, and the second is the effects of SCP-3089 itself, which physically alters affected individuals. Once infected with SCP-3089, which incorporates genetic material from cicadas into the individual, 
the person will go through three distinct stages. The first stage is akin to a chrysalis, as the individual enters a state of severely depressed metabolism, brain activity, heart rate, and body temperature. Over the next few hours, the individual's skin will harden into a dense, brittle shell. Stage 2 involves the growth of numerous teratomas inside of the individual, a type of tumor that contains different types of tissue, such as hair, muscle, teeth, or bone. Over the next few weeks, these tumors continue to expand, eventually dissolving surrounding soft tissue and replacing normal organ function. Once this occurs, stage 3 happens, in which the entity sheds its outer covering and emerges. A number of the individual's organs, such as eyes, lungs, and genitalia, no longer serve a purpose. Its brain has been severely altered, it no longer communicates, and it will quickly attempt to burrow into the ground, if possible. So, yeah, it's making bug people, but the bulk of the article is about the propagation of this effect among different communities. Each community shown is interested in personal success but the specifics of this success differ. The phenomenon was first discovered in the town of Darrington, North Carolina in 1961, after the entire population of the town disappeared. The foundation discovered some cassette tapes in the offices of the Ministry of the Sevenfold Blessing, containing a few sermons given by Pastor Bartholomew Jenner. The first sermon, given in 1959, entitled God has cleared a path, begins like any traditional Christian sermon, although the pastor discusses the idea that belief in God can provide for worshippers in material ways in addition to spiritual ones. Things continue to deviate as he explains that God doesn't want us to simply get by in life, but instead to rise up and achieve total victory. To do this, you only need to shed your old self and be reborn. The sermon continues with some cicada shells being passed out to the parish, the pastor instructing each person to hold the cicada shell gently in their left hand. He then tells them to close their eyes and visualize whatever problem they currently have in their lives, picturing themselves holding that problem in their hands. Then, they squeeze the cicada shell, crushing it into dust. The pastor compares their hardships to that shell, and that they should cast them aside even as they crumble. The second sermon, given a few months later, entitled The Unprofitable Servant, starts with the pastor reading a number of Bible verses, continuing to explain that God wants us to be successful, and he will cast aside those who settle for mediocrity. Humans are God's investment, and it's up to us to be profitable in life to return on that investment. He says that some of the congregation have expressed concerns over the church's new sacraments, some even calling them sacrilege, but the church and community have prospered since introducing them. The pastor has shown them how to heal the sick with the Lord's Prayer and the blood of an unbaptized child and how to see the future in the steaming entrails of a quivering cow. He finishes by saying that although he's shown them the path to glory, he can't make them follow it. It's up to them. The third and last sermon, given six months later, entitled, He is Risen, 
consists mostly of unintelligible noises. The pastor seems to be instructing various families in the congregation to slaughter one another and mentions something about digging deep to find God's earthly treasures. The remainder of the recording consists of static-like hissing, chittering, and otherwise unintelligible sounds. It would appear that the congregation hit stage three together, leading to their sudden disappearance. Many years later, in 2007, an hour-long video is posted to YouTube by an individual named Kai Sanchez, titled Seven Secrets to Ascend the Ladder of Prosperity. The community around this channel has been determined to be affected by SCP-3089, and despite an extensive search, Kai Sanchez himself has yet to be found. The video starts with him explaining that five years ago, he was living on food stamps and sleeping in his car, but now he's giving lectures in front of his Porsche, inside of his six-car garage, attached to his $2.3 million home. All he had to do was climb the ladder and think positively. If you're not going to climb to the top of the ladder, then this video isn't for you, as successful people don't deal with losers. He goes on to discuss recent developments in quantum physics that show the impact of human consciousness on our universe, claiming that if you think it, it will come true. He also mentions that one of the secrets is to shed your old identity, tearing it off and throwing it aside like dead skin. The fifth secret is to leave scraps out for stray cats, but not to set traps, because the cat has to come inside of their own volition. He says that once you have a stray cat inside, remember to hold the knife with your left hand. He also says that successful people don't actually need their toes to walk, so for secret number six, start with your left foot and lay down some plastic sheets. The seventh secret is of course to forward the video to at least seven more people, and to not forget to share, like, and subscribe. The third example is some audio recovered from a conversation between two members of an online seduction community that used anomalies to pick up women. The first voice heard tells another individual that women's brains are wired to want to sleep with men, and it's just simple science. Women can pick up on a man's intentions when they approach, so he suggests retraining your brain to alter your approach. Additionally. He says to always aim for the top, as in the most attractive woman in the room, rather than settling for a less attractive one. Because if you don't, then you're not trying to be the best you that you can possibly be. We weren't put on the planet to go for second place, we're here to be champions. The two move on to discussing something called a bug rattler, which the first individual says is the preserved remains of a cicada and the noise is from the membranes that the cicada use to attract mates. The first individual gives a bug rattler to the other person, but warns him not to use it too many times on the same woman, as sometimes they'll end up chittering and hissing, and it's kind of gross. Finally, in a routine monthly patrol around Darrington, North Carolina in 2017, a Foundation agent discovered a number of sinkholes in the region. Further investigation uncovered an extensive network of tunnels, extending for several hundred kilometers. 
A geological survey has determined that many of these tunnels are approximately four decades old, and searches have uncovered over a ton of semi-preserved organic animal material. This material is composed of several desiccated skin tissue, with both human and cicada DNA present. It would seem that the mutated bug people of Darrington have spread out into the world, spreading the infection and giving strength to the cicada god through various beliefs. We can then move on to SCP-2852, a more specific example of the cicada god spreading its influence through the appearance of an anomalous individual at various Christian religious functions. SCP-2852 is a collection of entities that appear as a middle-aged white male that are genetically identical and human, but lack any identifiable organs. Instead, their bodies are composed of fibrous muscular tissue, with their teeth and hair consisting of chitin similar to that of cicadas. Their eyes lack any nerve connections, and while capable of speech despite having no vocal cords, they don't seem to have any grasp of language, instead speaking in a random jumble of words. Despite this, all other individuals at an event where a 2852 entity makes an appearance will perceive it as speaking intelligibly, and will regard its actions as completely normal, unless briefed beforehand on the entity's anomalous nature. Individuals describe these entities as being playful, with a crude sense of humor, and those affected by one of these events will refer to the subject as Cousin Johnny. Although the entities are sentient, they do not appear to be sapient. The aforementioned events where these entities make appearances are various Catholic and Anglican religious functions, where they are treated as being an established member of the family, regardless of the family resemblance or ethnicity. These functions include baptisms, weddings, and funerals, referred to as blue level, white level, and black level events, respectively. So far, there haven't been any records of a 2852 entity appearing at any other type of event. Additionally, the Foundation has had no luck in tracking these entities before or after an event, as they will always manage to sneak into the event, avoiding Foundation intervention, or just suddenly appear between frames and surveillance footage. Any tracking devices placed on the entity during the event malfunctions immediately, and the entity will continue to evade any attempts to follow it. Depending on the type of event, it will result in different behavior from the entity and different effects, generally with more serious damage being done to children at the event, although adults are affected as well. Forcefully stopping the entity before the culmination of the religious function will not stop the effects from spreading, although it can be diluted somewhat. Afterwards, the family will continue to report a feeling of fondness towards Cousin Johnny, regardless of its actions. Let's get to the events then, starting with baptisms, or blue level events. The effects of the entity here are most strongly reflected in the child being baptized, its parents, and any godparents present. During the baptism, Cousin Johnny will act as a third godparent, and things will proceed as normal until the child is submerged into the water. Immediately, the child's top layer of skin will fall off in one piece, as though it were molting. 
Surprisingly, the process does not seem to harm the child in any meaningful way, and the godparents will proceed to eat the skin together. Afterwards, the baptism continues as normal, and Cousin Johnny will leave with the family, but does not appear at any family celebration held afterwards. The baptized child has a higher chance of dying than normal during the next six months, and those that do survive exhibit various personality disorders. Most join anti-capitalist groups, various anomalous groups of interest, or if unchecked, will engage in destructive behavior, typically self-harm or abuse of animals and small children. Parents and godparents from the event will be rendered sterile, and both groups commit suicide within five years, normally through drowning. All other individuals present at the baptism are 500% more likely than normal to have stillbirths, and those that do give birth are far more likely to abandon the child, sometimes allowing the child to die in the process. In worst cases, they might be directly responsible for the death of the child, such as a couple in Ohio that gave birth to triplets, and proceeded to tear them apart and hang them from trees around their property. Children that grow into adulthood respond with extreme anxiety and accompanying physical symptoms when exposed to the song of cicadas. Some subjects' agitation escalates into violent outbursts, which have resulted in at least 20 fatalities. When interviewed about the cause of their disturbance, no subjects have ever identified the cicada song as the trigger, even under high-level enhanced interrogation. That was the least disturbing event type, so get ready for it to ramp up. With weddings, or white-level events, Cousin Johnny will insert himself as a groomsman, and the primary effects only begin to appear after the vows are exchanged. After this, the entity will produce various implements that will assist the bridesmaids and groomsmen in pulling out all of their teeth, one by one. The individuals involved seem to be oblivious to any pain caused by this action, and somehow there is no blood loss. Afterwards, the bride and groom will be presented with the teeth, which they will consume. This causes extensive damage to their own teeth and jaws, and there will be blood loss from this, but it is never fatal. The groom will then vocalize a currently unknown cicada song, which can reach up to 140 decibels in volume, rendering the bride and the others on the altar deaf, but never the groom himself. At the wedding reception, the entity will now take the role of the best man, and will give a speech to the group. This speech will, of course, be completely nonsensical, but individuals at the reception will react with mixed emotions, some crying uncontrollably, and others laughing hysterically. After the speech, Cousin Johnny will present a gift to the newlyweds, consisting of 3.5 kilograms of human hair, 13 dead cicadas, and 23 human teeth. After the wedding, the bride and groom will divorce on average two years later, usually as the result of domestic violence. Any children produced during their marriage will have personality disorders or life-threatening disfigurements. All other married individuals that attended the wedding will find themselves unable to have children, despite no changes in their biology, even though the Foundation have extensively tested to find abnormalities. All children that were present at the wedding will avoid romantic relationships, 
and 90% of them will commit suicide by the age of 18. Roughly half of that number pull out their teeth until blood blocks their airways, and the others bite their own wrists until exsanguinated. That leaves funerals, or black level events, which currently there is no way of stopping from occurring. Any individual that attempts to disrupt the event will instead become a part of it. During the funeral, Cousin Johnny will take the place of the eulogizer, even if one was not scheduled to speak during the event. The speech itself is of course nonsensical, but while it's speaking, the individual closest to the deceased will open the casket and produce a long knife. The individual will then exsanguinate themselves, normally from the wrists followed by every other attendant. Children too young to exsanguinate themselves are assisted by adults. The blood is poured into the casket, and despite the massive blood lost, no participant will die from the process. Cousin Johnny's speech will eventually turn into a cicada song, and the others will all join in. The entity will then walk to the casket and vomit a mixture of blood, wood pulp, and dead cicadas. Once finished, the funeral will go on as normal, and the casket filled with blood and Cousin Johnny's expulsions will be lowered into the ground and buried. If a family gathering takes place afterwards, the entity will make an appearance, where it will vomit a similar mixture into a bowl, which will be eaten by the children present. Afterwards, Cousin Johnny will give another nonsensical speech strip off its clothes, and lay upon a table. The other participants will then eat the entity's flesh until nothing remains, during which it will continue to speak despite its mortal injuries. The participants will also carry on friendly conversation with the entity while eating, and children unable to chew whole food properly will be fed mouth to mouth by any caregivers. After the funeral event, all participants will break away from their family either through suicide, moving away, or divorce. They will also all be rendered sterile. Domestic violence among participants afterwards will usually be cannibalistic in nature, resulting in the death of one or both individuals. Six out of ten children involved will attempt to murder one or both of their parents before they turn 18, and it's theorized that nearly a third of Catholic and Anglican D-class present in the Foundation have been involved in a black level event. This is a rampant, uncontained threat that is spreading across the United States and will likely spread across the world since the foundation can't do much to stop it. It's not surprising then, between 3089 and 2852, that the foundation would be willing to completely wipe out an entire world religion just in hopes that it would take out the cicada god as well. The cicada god is a massive threat to our way of life, since not only is it wiping out entire religious communities, but it's also infecting other communities now interested in personal success, since it doesn't just feed off of religious faith, but belief of any kind. Not only that, but the cicada god isn't doing all of these things out of malice, it just doesn't understand our reality and how we function. While I can't say for sure if there will be any more articles to come based around the Cicada God, these have been some good examples of how dangerous a truly alien entity from another reality can be.